What a beautiful day it is to be in the house of the Lord. I hope everybody woke up this morning and thought of opportunity versus obligation when they thought about coming to church this morning. Not an, oh, I have to, but, oh, I get to. A lot of times our perspective is not always the best, and that's where the song comes in. Um, Pray that I can be a little more like Jesus, a little less like me, because I'm not always willing, and I don't always want to. Um, But through obedience and, and God's grace and God's mercy... We are all allowed to be here this morning, and it truly is a blessing. If you would, please bow your heads with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we are thankful for the opportunity, Lord, and it truly is an opportunity to enter this place, Lord, that you've allowed us to to gather, fellowship, worship, learn, Lord, to praise, honor, and glorify your name. Lord, we truly are blessed, as we said, in the heart of a, a, a wonderful community, Lord, in a beautiful part of the country, Lord, where we can look out our windows basically at any time and see your beautiful creation. God, we truly are blessed this morning. Lord, I, I believe that every person is here by your design this morning. Lord, that you had an appointment with each person here. God, I just, I pray that your will would be done this morning. God, through our singing, through our word, through our classes. God, that nothing would be left desired. Lord, that our Hearts would be full and overflowing, Lord, with your spirit and your presence. God, I pray that we can take all that with us today as we leave here. God, and go back into our lives and our families, our our jobs, our communities, God, and take your presence that we felt today with us, Lord, and not check it at the door. God, help us be a little more like you and a lot less like us. Lord, we ask for this transformation this morning in your son's holy and precious name. Amen. Um, it's kind of funny how things transpire and how things set up. I, I really had a hard time this week um, getting a true word. This isn't the first time of, of this for me. I, I was preaching down at uh, Horseshoe Bend in, in my earlier, when I first started um, feeling the call to preach and God gave me a word, and I was really unsure of it, Um, but it was all me. It wasn't him. It was me, and basically, he gave me a message that I had not lived out yet, Um, and I lived it out that morning on the way to church as we struggled to get there. uh, My attitude was diminishing um, from the go, from the time I woke up. For one, I I was not confident in what God had given me um, to preach. On that day, uh, we left extremely late. Uh, Tate threw up about Salem on our way down there. We had to stop at a dollar store and buy new clothes. Um, And I was ready to throw in the towel and just call him and tell him we weren't going to make it. Um, Through the support and love and and dedication of a wonderful bride that God truly blessed me with, uh, we persevered and went on. And it was through his strength that the message truly came alive that I had to live out that morning to understand what he was wanting me to speak about. And it it truly is wonderful when God shows you things because you see it by faith. You walk it out by faith. You talk about talking about faith. Um, A lot of times we don't really realize how much power is in our faith until we walk it out. Uh, If you're sitting here listening this morning, then you've taken the first step to walk in here by faith to listen to God's word. and I hope it blesses you, it will, because he says his, return, his word does not return void. 
but it is wonderful because the first title I'd wrote down earlier this week was Show Me Revelation. Um, as the week kind of went on and I got a little more confused and done a little more studying and a little more digging in, it kind of changed to desiring God. And I think that's funny this morning because we studied Isaiah in Sunday school class and it was it talked a lot more about not only talking about our faith, but living our faith out and showing other people God's love and kindness. Um, so the music this morning, um, just Sunday school, the fact that uh, it changed to desiring God, I believe that God did show me a, a revelation as my first title said. He showed me the fact that we need to seek Him first and foremost in everything that we do. Um, and what a revelation that is. I know it says it. I know we've all read it as the greatest commandment. But do we truly live it out? We tell people to desire God and the things that he has for us. Or at least I do. But am I walking out my faith? Am I desiring God first in everything? It's easy for me to desire God. But a lot of times in struggles and situations and planning, I don't desire him first. Um, and that's where we're going to start is in Matthew 22. I wish sometimes that you all could walk um, and just see the progression sometimes as the weeks go on and, and how God starts talking to me at the beginning of the week and it just kind of snowballs and it compounds and sometimes you don't understand what he's trying to, to say to you. And this is my own personal experience. I say sometimes we, but it's sometimes I don't understand what he's got for me. Sometimes I don't what he has for me to say. Like I started out and show me a revelation and I got to desiring God, but desiring God is a revelation. It's a vision. I wanted to truly, truly work on the fact that we don't, I don't want to just see a vision. Man, I want mine to be life-changing. I want it to be a revelation. I want it to be impactful. I want God's desire on my life. Hence, we got from, I want to see a revelation to seeking God's desire. It's just, it's a wonderful progression throughout the week. I, I know I sound crazy standing up here talking about it, but it's a wonderful, wonderful thing um, as you continually seek after the Lord. Um, Matthew 22, starting in verse 34. It says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, asking Jesus a question. It says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And second is likened to it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. It amazes me when God says, 
the great commandment. Jesus is talking about the great commandment. It is thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Do we do that? I have a hard time saying that I do that. With everything that I have, do I desire and do I seek the Lord in every situation, in every thought, in every action, in every response? Do I seek and desire the kingdom of God? Do I seek and desire the Lord? So as I got to thinking about that, I started thinking about the situations in which I don't. And guess what? Most of them were negative things in my life. Most of those Things were shameful to me. Most of those thoughts, most of those reactions did not glorify, but in fact had the opposite effect as I was taking the love of God out. As I responded to somebody in hate or malice or strife, or I, I, I had uh, uh, bad feelings built up towards them. I had uh, anger and it just bottled up inside of me. That doesn't edify the kingdom of God. That doesn't show the love that God has for each and every one of us. That tells me that I am not fully desiring and seeking the Lord with all of my being. You know, we're allowed to make mistakes. David, God said he was a man after my own heart made mistakes. But God knew his heart. We are greater than our actions as long as we know Christ is Savior we are greater than our actions because of what He did for us. But we still have to seek and desire the things of the kingdom to be able to go to the next commandment, which is love your neighbor. If you can't love God, then you can't love your neighbor because God is love and not knowing God means you don't know what love is. Because God says, I am love. So if you don't have a compassion and relationship and a a deep intrinsic relationship with the Lord, I believe that you're not living up to the fullest desires that he has for us. Because his first commandment is to love me with everything that you have. The second is to go love your neighbor like I have loved you. Like you love yourself. Switch over to Luke chapter 12, talking about a desire for the Lord. Do we desire that lasting relationship? Do we desire his command? Do we desire to be obedient to what he has for us in our lives? Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 22, he says, And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say to you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than the ramnet. Jesus is telling them, don't worry about that stuff. Don't worry about what you eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. And I, I have never seen this in verse 23 until this morning when I sat down with the Word of God. The life is more than meat. And the body is more in a raiment. He has more for you than what you put inside of you. He, his body, our body is designed for way more than these earthly things. It doesn't 
matter what the earth has to offer us because He has designed us and created us for so much more than what the world can offer us. I have never seen this before. His design is that we would have life is more than meat and the body is more than remnant. It's so much more than what we could ever seek for ourselves. It's so much more than what our loved ones could ever desire for us. I know from the time that I was born until present day, my parents have wanted nothing but the best and for me to always succeed. So much more than that does God want us to realize that it is not about earthly things, but God has designed us and created us to succeed beyond our imagination. He says, I want to give you not only life, but I want to give you life abundant. Seek me in everything that you'll do and I'll take care of you because I've carefully crafted you and designed you for more than you'll ever know. It's amazing, amazing when we start desiring kingdom things and we start putting our own selfish desires aside that we can start to visualize what God has created us for. We talked this morning in Sunday school about somebody dying for a complete stranger and how rare that is because by nature we are selfish. By nature I want to live the longest life that I can live. But Jesus being the earthly walking example of what we should strive for gave his life for us. Because he didn't have his desires set on earthly things. He didn't go around talking so that people would like him. He went around talking and speaking life that people might believe on him and have life everlasting. Because he truly seen that what God had him for was greater than anything that this earth could offer. And so he walked out what we should walk out. Not only do I go tell people about the love of God, but I can't turn around and stab them in the back and expect them to believe me or walk after me. I have to show them the love and compassion that God would show for them to believe me that I love God. One of the biggest things that I've heard say the reason why I don't go to church is because I'm doing as good as they are. As true as that may be, they don't realize that we are not the standard, that we fail miserably, but we have to keep seeking and desiring and longing to get better to walk like Christ walked. When Jesus was headed for the cross, he stopped in the garden to pray. He didn't pray for himself. He prayed for the will of God in his life. When we're seeking God and desiring God with every ounce of our being, our prayer will not be to end what is happening to me, but will God end this? What do you want me to see? What do you want me to learn? How can I grow? God, I know this is what's best for me right now because God, I believe that you're going to take care of me. God, I know that you're going to see me through this. And God, even if I lose this fleshly body, I get to come see you victory is ours in every situation because it doesn't matter from the first to the last as long as we believe in Christ that we will one day get to see our creator. That is bigger than anything that this world can offer me. When God talked to Job, he said, were you there when I created 
the oceans? Were you there when I put the sands on the beaches? Were you there? How dare you? I get to go see him that created the oceans. I get to go see him that created the lands. I get to go see him that created my children. I get to go see him that created me and purposed me. He purposed me. I'm here for a reason. I wasn't born in the 1800s because that's not where God had me. I was born in this lifetime because I have a purpose. God created me for a purpose, for a design that is way bigger than I could ever imagine. And the only way that I could fully live up to his design and his purpose is to seek him. If I go after the lusts of the flesh and the eyes, there is no way that I'm going to reach my full potential. I'm going to fail misery. Look at Samson. Samson was a big, strong dude. My son loves Samson because he was so strong and so powerful that every time he chased his own desire, he failed and crawled coming back to the Lord. And the Lord renewed his strength time and time again after failure. But Samson had a heart desire of the Lord. Do we desire the Lord? Sometimes we're going to be taken away from this thing. But when we got caught up in the bad, where do we look? It's not an excuse to sin, but the fact that we're going to sin is inevitable. It's where you look for help and recovery that matters. Do we desire kingdom things? Is your first desire to treat somebody bad or is your first desire to help somebody? It goes back to your relationship with God. Because the first commandment is to love me with everything that you have. In Luke 12, starting in 29, he says... And seek ye not what ye shall eat, nor what ye shall drink, neither be ye of a doubtful mind. For all these things to the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. Do you notice in verse 30 what he says and who he says seeks after these things? He said the world seeks after these things the world seeks after what they shall eat and the world seeks after what they shall drink and the world has a doubtful mind we may be living in it but i for one am not of it i will not conform to the what our world has for me and to tell you if you are seeking anything other besides god in your life i would be doing you an injustice sometimes it hurts but if you're not seeking God in everything that you do, then you're seeking in the wrong places. If they are not kingdom things, then you're looking down the wrong path because he said, first, seek me. Not go eat. Not worry about what you're going to wear. These are worldly things. We're not here to seek worldly things. We're here to seek the kingdom of God. The hope and the joy that was set before us by Christ Jesus. Because we sell ourselves short. We sell ourselves short in that you have so much power and ability through God. I have so much power and ability through God. And I believe that when he sets out things for me to do and I don't do them, then I am relying on my own faith and my own strength and not my faith in him. When I say to somebody that I, I'm just not good at it, I'm taking the God factor out of it because God will equip me with anything. I don't have a standard that is good because only God is good. 
when I stand up here and tell you that I can't sing, which I've done many times, and I apologize. Through Christ, I can do all things. And because you want to judge me from a worldly standard, God says it doesn't matter. Don't worry about what the world sets before you. Seek after me and what I would have for you. So if God tells me to stand up on the stage and sing next Sunday, I'm going to stand up on the stage and I'm going to sing next Sunday. And some might say that that was the worst voice that they've ever heard. But God listens to an obedient servant. And he's going to hear my voice. And he's going to be like a mother with the ugliest baby in the world. It doesn't matter. He's going to love me because I listen to him. And I submitted to his will on my life. And guess what? At that moment, when I'm in complete submission and humblance before my God that created me, he's going to love me. Too often we hold ourselves to a worldly standard, what you should eat and what you should wear. But what are you seeking after? We get caught up in, in church works and our own jobs. And what is this person doing and what is that person doing? The question is, are they desiring God? And if they're not, how can I help? Because I love them. Because God loved me. And he's my perfect example of what I should be. Starting back in verse 29. And seek not you what you shall eat or what you shall drink. Neither be ye of a doubtful mind. For all these things do nations of the world seek after. And your father knoweth that you have need of these things. Verse 31. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 32. Fear not little flock. For it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants us. He wants a family reunion. He wants his children to come home. He wants us to seek him. He wants to hear from us. He wants to hear us sing praises. He wants to hear us give thanks. He wants to hear our needs. He wants to hear us. Seek him first. Seek him first. 33, sell that ye have and give alms. Provide yourself bags which wax not old. A treasure in the heavens that faileth not. Where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I struggle with that one. I struggle with that one not... For the fact that I don't know that it's truth. I struggle for the fact that it is true. And I struggle with the fact of sometimes where does my heart lie? As I look around and I love earthly things and my family, as much as we think about it, I'm selfish over my family, but they are earthly things. I seek God first because God has blessed me with a wonderful family. God has blessed me to be a part of a wonderful church. God has blessed me to be a part of a wonderful community. But these things I must not seek after because these things are earthly things. I have to seek God first and foremost in everything because everything that I just mentioned is all temporary. 
He says, put your treasures up in heaven where a thief cannot steal them. Do bad things happen? Yes. But like I've said before, the joy is a God-given thing and nobody can take it from you. Nobody can spoil it. God gives you joy. Why? Because he seeks to please us as we fall in line with him. He wants us to receive the kingdom, but he does not make us receive the kingdom. He says, I want to give you life. We are on the receiving of life that is given. John 4. John 4, starting in verse 13, he says, Jesus answered and said unto her, he's talking about the woman of Samaria that he met at the well. He says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. He's talking about earthly water and our desires to quench a temporary pain. Our desires to quench a temporary pain sometimes. We will go to great lengths to quench temporary pain. She sought after water because she was thirsty. And Jesus said to her, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Why? Because he is the beginning. He is the end. He has that power to give you things that are not earthly things, that are eternal things. Earthly water quenches your thirst only but for a minute, but you can't go very many days without it or your body shall perish. He says the water that I give will last you forever. The water that he gives will last forever. Verse 14, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Is the water of life flowing out of us? It has to do with your relationship with the Lord because it says, first seek me. Jesus says, seek the water that I have and I'll put it inside of you and it shall flow forth like a spring. It shall well up inside of you that's never ending. A joy that never goes away, a joy that is always fed and it flows out of you because a spring is not stagnant. It does not set still, but it flows. When we're seeking God and his kingdom first, it will flow out of you. It'll make all the difference to the people around you because we want to sit here and we want to have selfishness inside of us and say that my life doesn't impact anybody besides me. Oh, you're making an impact. Whether you want to admit it or not, each one of us, as we walk around, make an impact. The impact we make is up to us. Not if we're going to make an impact. But the impact that we will make is up to us. And whether we seek kingdom things or earthly things, if I show these little girls up here that I'm going to seek only after earthly things, then I am showing them temporary life. I am showing them temporary happiness. I am not giving them joy. I am not showing them the eternal life and joy that they can have that is out of this world above all circumstances because circumstances affect happiness and not joy. I'm going to say that again. Circumstances affect your happiness, not your joy. 
Your faith in the Lord is your joy. Your hope is Jesus Christ and His salvation that He gave for us. Not the seeking of temporal things of this earth, but of the water that Christ gave for us that will be inside of us. That will flow forth like springs. John 6, 35, He says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. I want to say that again. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believeth not. I feel like today's time we're all short thinkers. Very few people that I see that walk into the bank are long-range forecasters of financial obligations. Much less eternally thinkers. Because they see the short term. They see what they can get now. They see what money does for them now. But they don't think about the long-lasting effects of the things that they do. I'm guilty. I'm guilty a lot of times I think about today. And when I say think about the long term, I'm not saying worry about tomorrow because the Bible speaks against it. I'm saying what you put your faith in makes all the difference. I'm seeking eternal kingdom. I put my faith in Jesus Christ as my Savior that He will cover me that I can have access to the Father. Amen? What an access. What a key that He has given us that we have the opportunity to accept. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that ye also have seen me and believed not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that all of which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again in the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. Amen. What a promise that He has given us if we will seek what He offers us. Because He is the bread of life. He is the living water. The eternal one that shall raise us in His second coming. We will be lifted. I don't know if you think about a glorified body. Man, I can't imagine not having pain. I can't imagine not having Suffering. I can't imagine not living in this world of trouble that we live in that it stirs on every side of us. But he says we shall not be overcome with it because I am more than this world and I have purposed you to be more than this world and you will overcome. Science says that you can't live a long time without food. There is more than one record of people going 40 days without it. I believe these to be true in here. 
What did Satan tempt Jesus with when he had been without food for 40 days? Turn that rock into bread. Eat. He tempted his flesh because he knew that his flesh was all that he could get because he was cut of the Father. We are cut of the Father. And those of us that have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, and He lives in us like a well of living water that should flow forth to other people. That we're called to more than merely mundane life of of going to work and coming home. That we have things that we can tell people about a Savior that's coming back on the last day and He's going to raise His children up and He's going to take them home. I had wrote down in some of my notes a thought that came to me. And it said, Lord, show me where I need to go because that's the only way that I can get back home. Amen. Show me the way that I need to go because that's the only way I'm going to make it back to you on the last day is that if I give everything that I have my life for you that I can come back home. That I would live humbly. I don't know if you understand what you did when you gave your life to Christ at the beginning and you said, I want you to take me over. I want you to take control that I would forever be in servitude towards you. I don't know what your prayer sounded like, but unless we allow Him to take over not only our physical, but our mental, our spiritual, giving everything to Him, only way that we can make it back home is that if we allow him to show us where to go because he convicted me and said that Jesus Christ is your way back home through my son that I sent as a sacrifice your sins no longer have forbearance on you they no longer captivate you they no longer hold you down because I sent my son to set you free And in your freedom, you can express joy to other people and be that well of living water that you can tell people about me that they may experience the same thing because our joy is not something that should be kept inside. And if we truly have the joy of the Lord, he says it's like a well springing up. A spring is not stagnant. I said this morning in in Sunday school, your spring can't flow if you're sitting at home eating a bag of potato chips by yourself. It's going nowhere. Bruce Deweese, he always has a a funny deal. He says, when I fill up any water trough that I'm going, he said, I have to let it overflow just for a little bit. He says, I can't just fill it to the top because we should never just be filled to the top that that should be good enough, that we should be filled so full that we're overflowing because if you stop at the top, that's not what God wants. He wants us to be full. He wants us to be overflowing that we could share it with other people. That sometimes other people's sadness is mitigated by my joyfulness. And the same, because guess what? I get sad sometimes. But it's by circumstance. It's not eternal circumstances. It's because of what's going on around me. My joy is not gone. I've just forgotten it temporarily. And I need somebody there to remind me how lucky I am. 
that I am a child of the king and that this circumstance does not beat me down and keep me down. It is only but a vapor. This world that we live in, this life that we live may be full of suffering. I always think about Jeremiah. Jeremiah was considered to be the weeping prophet because he always gave everybody bad news. But I see a church, and I'm not talking about this church. I see a church, Jesus Christ's church, that is not desiring him before earthly things anymore. How do I know this? Because it says in Second Chronicles that if my people that are called by my name will humble themselves and seek after me, that's not direct, but it's close. That I will heal their nation. So that tells me that his people, his people, the ones that have accepted Jesus Christ, because we can't fault those that don't know what they don't know, but we are responsible for seeking God first. That is the first and greatest command. Seek me. And Chronicles says that he'll heal our land if we do that. So the body of Christ, Christ's church, is not desiring and seeking him first in this country. How do I know that? Because our land is not being healed and I believe that God's word is 100% true. So that falls on us. Desiring and seeking God first and foremost in our everyday life and letting his well of living water not stop with us, but flow. We talk all the time. It says, do not quench the spirit. Allow it to flow through you. When we tell God, no, we're damming up the well of living life. We're saying not today, God. I don't want to show other people life. I don't want to show other people life today. When we say no, we're saying I'm not going to share it. I've got it, but to be honest with you, I just don't have the energy or I don't have the talent. That's one of the biggest things that I hear in talking amongst churches and just the body of God about sharing the gospel or, or doing whatever. I don't have the talent. <laughs> me neither. And it's a good thing because then it would be all about me if I had it. It doesn't come from me. It comes from God. He gives you what you need. You want bread? You're hungry? I'll give you bread. Eat my bread. My bread's the best. And it'll last you forever. You thirsty? Drink my water. Because it doesn't stop here. My water keeps on flowing. It's never damned. Because it's spring. I'm going to close with Psalm 63. Oh God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. 
when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help. Therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for the foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. A lot of times we look and want vengeance of our own. But the greatest vengeance we can have is leading somebody to the kingdom of God. To make a life change, to desire a change so much inside yourself seeking the kingdom that you would want everybody that you come in contact with to have the same change. I can tell you this from experience. Life changes led by God equal great testimony and other life changes. Whenever you truly sit back and, and listen and, and take in and be in a complete obedience to God, and I'm not saying that I always am, but I'm saying when I stepped into my role as a man of my household, that my obedience changed my family. And I'm not saying that Misty didn't desire the Lord before I did. But the statistics are proven that when a man steps into his role as a man, that far more people will be affected in the family. If a kid goes to church first, it's 3% likely that the rest of the family will follow. If a woman takes the kids and goes to church first before the husband, it is 23% likely that the rest of the family will follow. If a man goes to church first, it is 93% likely that his family will follow him. Amen? We have to realize what God is calling us to and then watch as God takes us through because it truly is Amazing when you get to the end of your rope. I'm not a good public speaker, guys. I am not. I tried it in high school and have failed miserably. But by God's power and authority, He has put me here for a purpose. And right now, this is the purpose on my life. Seek the kingdom first. It does not matter what you want when you seek the kingdom of God with everything that you have because you're saying, my will and my desire are not going to affect what God wants for me. And God wants his children to come home. The only way we can get there is by following God's lead and listening to what he says. If you would please stand with me. This has been a progression all week, guys. This is, this is not something by chance. I believe that God worked this out for a purpose. That somebody here, everybody here that needs to be desiring the Lord first should come to the front today to have their life changed. That you say, I put in full confidence my life 
God, where will you take me? Because the answer has already been given. I am yes. Wherever you will take me, I am yes. God, what should you have for me? Because I'm in. Not tell me and then let me decide. But God, today I am all in. Today I am all yours. Today I seek everlasting things, not the temporal things that I put importance in in the beginning. But today, when I woke up this morning, I want my process changed. I want my thoughts to change. I don't want to wake up thinking about the football game this afternoon. I want to wake up and think about what you might have for me today where, God, I can seek you and that I can desire you because I know in times of trouble you're going to give me refuge and you're going to give me water and you're going to give me food because you know what I need and you're going to take care of me because I am desiring and seeking everything that you would have for me. And that's going to take you far beyond a world that can only feed you once and you're hungry the next day. For me, it's a shorter time than that. Nothing in this world can offer you permanent things. My wife, when we said vows, promised herself to me till the end of this life. It's temporal. I believe that her love is everlasting, but it amounts to nothing compared to how much my creator and my father loves me and wants good for me. So as we open up the altars, if you're desiring or seeking anything but God, I pray that you come make it right. Bow your head wherever you're at. If you don't want to come to the front, but come seeking and you'll find, he says. Come desiring, take from my bread that is food everlasting. Drink of my water that is water everlasting. Take of my life because I offer you life through my son everlasting. Though the altar's open.